Yo, 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 everybody, what's going on? It is Tuesday. It's freaking pouring rain. It's gray. It's windy. It's cold. I can't believe what's going on, man. I just came back from all this beautiful sunshine. And now we're back to this winter weather here in Southern California. So look, we're just getting going. Uh, Grande is on a vacay for the week. I'm very happy for him. I'm back. Uh, Browner got a few days off. And we're going to have a great show and a great week ahead of us and uh, some really big announcements coming. I don't want to make, make it yet, but I'll just say this. As I get ready to thank all of our great partners, we have a new partner that's going to start with us. I, they're started, but I don't want to even mention them till next week because that's how excited I am. And I want to kind of share it when the whole team is here. All right. Let me first start off by thanking our people at 7 Mile Casino, 7milecasino.com. On a cold, rainy day like today, if you want to go someplace warm, that's smoke-free, that has great food, where you can play table games, blackjack, poker, etc. The TVs are everywhere. What a great spot. Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. QR code is right here for those of you that are watching on the bottom right corner of the screen. And I just want to say to everybody, when you go, snap a selfie, hit me up, let me know you're there because you are going to be a winner at Seven Mile Casino. Their website is sevenmilecasino.com. And if you have any problems with gambling, you call 1-800-GAMBLER. But I'm telling you right now, only seven minutes south of downtown San Diego, incredible place. You're going to love it. And on a cold, rainy day like today, a perfect spot to just kind of settle in, man, and have some fun. Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. All right, I want to thank our friends from Prize Picks. Prize Picks, you got to download the app. For those of you that have already done it, you get it. For those of you who have not, you download the app and then you use our code, Great Friends. The code is Great Friends, and that gets you a 100% match on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100, they put in 100, You've got 200. Today is Taco Tuesday. Let me tell you something. I'm having a hard time figuring out which sports are the most popular because now that football's over, it's like hardcore basketball. But I'm looking at a guy who I'm getting a 14% discount on today, Nico Schlotterbeck, who plays defender from Dortmund. And he's got 51 and a half pass attempts today is uh, is what he's going to, is his prize pick number. I don't know who Nico Schlotterbeck is, but his normal number is 60 and a half. We're getting a 14% discount down to 51 and a half. So I'm playing it because last week I played a whole bunch of NBA players and lost. I played a darts guy and a league of legends guy and I won and won. So I'm done playing just basketball guys. I'm going outside of just basketball, go to prize picks, download the app, use our code, great friends, and you're going to get that 100% match up to hundred dollars. Okay. Hey, let me talk to you about these guys right here. AG one. So I traveled, right? I went from San Diego, I got on an airplane, I flew down to Cabo, I drove to this town called Los Cerritos, I was around a group of people, I went back to Cabo, and I was in a hotel, and I was at restaurants, and I was you know, walking the streets, and I'll tell you something right now, I'm around a lot of people, and you've got to protect your body and, and your immune system by putting in the 75 vitamins, minerals, nutrients, superfoods, probiotics, and everything that comes in AG1. Now, I've said a million times, I don't diet well. My food is not right. I don't get the, the vitamins that I should for my food. I get them from AG1. I took these travel packs. You get five of them, when, five, when you uh, buy through us. I got the five free travel packs and the one-year supply of vitamin D. I got the AG1 bottle, and I took it with me. And every morning, it's so easy. You just put in the travel pack right into the bottle, the vitamin D. You shake it up. You pound it down, and you're giving your body something good, especially when you're out partying, drinking, you know, staying up later, et cetera. Make sure you get your subscription 
to AG1. And by the way, I saw Miss Molly last week. She put out uh, on, on Twitter that she had just gotten her subs subscription to AG1. Way to go, Miss Molly. You're going to feel great, girl. I'll tell you that right now. All right, we're just getting going. Thanks to all of our great partners, and we'll have more at halftime. Let's get going. Hey, great friends. What's going on? It is Tuesday afternoon. Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're coming to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. You're looking for a great place on a day like today where it's rainy and it's cold and it's windy and it's gray. And you're like, what am I going to do? I, I just got to get someplace warm where there's really good food and something I want to do. How about playing poker at Seven Mile Casino and then having a I'll tell you right now, that Kung Pao Chicken over at Sammy's Restaurant and Bar right there inside Seven Mile Casino is going to set you up. It's going to warm you. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be, ooh, this is nice and warm. So Seven Mile Casino, their website is sevenmilecasino.com, and it's only seven minutes south of downtown San Diego, smoke-free. You're going to park so close, you're not even going to get wet walking in. That's how close you're going to park. So be safe out there, everybody. Slow it on down. We're all going to hang out together for the next couple hours, and we're going to have a great time. So for those of you listening on radio on 1090, like I said, pump the brakes a little bit. Slow down. For those of you that are watching us tonight on TV, on Cox Your View, glad you guys are all here. YouTubers, you're the heart and soul of what we do. By the way, I heard from so many of our YouTubers over the course of the weekend where I was out celebrating my birthday. And uh, not that I'm like a big celebration birthday guy. I just took a little break after the football season. And to all of our audio podcasters, glad you guys are all here. Okay. Browner's here, but no Grande today. Grande said he's taking a vacation. He was going to Arizona for Padre spring training. So coming into play today, comedian Jason Lawhead stopping by. So Brown, good afternoon. Jay Law, glad you're here. How we doing today, fellas? Brown, how you been the last couple of days? You miss me? No, I can't say I have. Uh, but I did see you on the internet. So technically... Oh, yeah? And I saw you topless, which I didn't ask for. I don't think anybody did, but you volunteered it. And for that sake, you know, for an old man, not too bad. You know, um, I, I was topless. And and usually when guys don't wear shirts and they're seen on social media, it's just called shirtless. But when you have giant cans like I do, yeah, it's kind of sort of more like topless. Yeah, kind of more like topless. And I don't as, usually as take any... As long as you don't move, and as long as they're not moving pictures, you good. Right. I'll tell you right now, I don't usually ever put any uh, pictures of myself without a shirt on on social media because, you know, I don't feel that good about myself. Um, but I was like, you know what, man? I'm 54 years old. This is what it looks like, buddy. This is it right here. Uh, this is this, this how, is what 54 looks like. How chiseled do you need to be to be proudly taking the top off? I, I need to lose 15 pounds to proudly take my shirt off. And let me tell you something. Okay. Um, a lot of people were like, Hey man, you're looking pretty good for 54. Pretty good. Yeah. That's what I said. Right. I, I, agree. I had one buddy of mine who lives in India and he oh, sent me a message on Facebook and he said, Hey, look, um, happy birthday. You, you look nice. You look pretty good, but I'm telling you right now, you're carrying around too much weight. You listen, you may live to hundred, but you ain't going to be doing anything from 90 to hundred. Cause you're gonna be stuck in a chair because you're so fat right now. You animal. Right. And this guy was like, let's get on the phone. Let's talk about your diet. Let's fix a few things in your life and uh, and you'll live longer and you'll be more active. And I was like, oh, my God. See, this is exactly why I didn't want to do that. You know, but I saw Lawhead. See, Law, I was in Mexico. Lawhead here has been down in Hawaii with his wife celebrating her birthday. OK. And and I saw Lawhead who weighs about a buck 20, you know, because he refs <laughs> these basketball games and he's ru running up and down Lean. the floor. 
and, and he's and he's plant based now. He doesn't eat any meat you know, unless do he too. unless he hangs out with us. <laughs> then we I break him. <laughs> then we break him. <laughs> we giving him chicken. I saw lions. Yeah, and I'm the same way, Cap. I never do that, but my wife took a picture of me coming out of the ocean, and I was like, man, you know, I'm looking pretty. I've been, I've been looking pretty good lately, and um, for 51, which I am, um, uh, in a half almost. Uh, I was like, you know what? I would never do this. I, I don't think there's a picture of me on the internet without a shirt on. Uh, but I was like, we're in Hawaii, and. I had kind of a funny, like when she showed that, I had we were on the big island. So I kind of have had a funny um caption for it, like giving off some big island energy, you know, kind of the play off of words a little bit. So yeah, man, you know, like eating better and feeling better. I was like, Yeah, why not? I'll throw one out there. And cat followed suit, but I never got anybody from India calling me about it. So that's a <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this buddy of mine from India sent me a message on Facebook. He's like, listen. Um, you look fine, but I'm telling you that it could be genetic or it could be your diet, but the you're, you're carrying around this weight and you're going to be active your whole life and then I'll, and you're going to live as long as you want, but then you, you, you're going to not be able to ride a bike. You're not going to be able to get up and walk around because you're not taking good care of yourself right now. And I'm like, he's right. Cause let me tell you something. I ate my way through four, four days in Mexico. I mean, I ate everything in sight. And now my girlfriend is eating less and less and less which means she orders a dish, I order a dish, and I eat everybody's dish. So I'm eating mm. for three. You know what I mean? I really am. So anyway, though, glad to be back. Glad to be here. Uh, Jay, your name came up on Sunday. I was down in Cabo. Well, I was in the San Jose del Cabo, right? Okay. And I was with my friend Blake and Michelle Harrington. Shout out to Blake. Today's Blake's birthday. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. I like Blake. Good. Yeah, good and, and, and Blake... Blake's wife is great, Michelle. And Blake and I were talking because he's a huge Bill Burr fan. Uh-huh. And I said, well, you know, Lawhead is like deeply embedded into the Bill Burr world, right? And he's well, like, oh, dude, for sure. Of course I know that. In fact, he was saying that he wanted to get you and Bill Burr to come to a comedy show down at Cabo Wabo, you know, because his, his father-in-law has been Sammy Hagar's partner for all these years. Um, and he was telling me a really interesting story, Jay. I didn't know this. I had no idea because I don't, I'm not that familiar with Bill Burr's work and I'm not familiar with his podcast. He was telling the story that Bill Burr quit drinking and I had no idea. I didn't, you know, not that I knew that he was a heavy drinker to begin with, but my point was we were having a conversation about quitting habits in life. And he was mm -hmm. saying that he's a huge Bill Burr fan and that Bill quit drinking. And I said, well, did Bill talk about thinking that he wouldn't be as funny without alcohol in his life? He goes, oh yeah. He talked a lot about that. So I didn't know this. I mean, I, but again, your name came up on, on Sunday talking about you with Blake about Bill Burr quitting drinking. It was, it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, I've known Bill has quit for a long time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard him talk about how it affected him being funny or not, but I know that, uh, he, his kind of his first stance on it was, uh, man, the day's long when you're not drinking. Like it, that was kind of his first take about like how much just, dead air space there is in a day when you're not drinking and you're kind of thinking about it but uh yeah that that that's a uh that's a that's a discussion i i take breaks right like sometimes i'll do uh i've done a year before i've done six months i'll just pick up one day and i'll be like you know what i'm not having a drink until this day uh after this or whatever and it's like i've been able to in the last 10 years been able to kind of uh, create my own like little like little windows of quitting, whether uh, I did the whole year of 2014 um, and I've done 
six, three, six, five month spans before. I did about a six or seven month span during COVID when it was the initial COVID. So uh, it is a good thing. More, Qu by the way. Quitting habits is a good thing um, when there are habits that affect you. I quit eating that third meal. My wife was the same way. She would eat smaller. I would think I was eating smaller and ordering, and then I would clean her plate off. Well, that I stopped doing all that kind of stuff. I stopped finishing big meals and ordering big meals and ordering the appetizer, the dinner and the dessert. Maybe I'll just split the appetizer and take the dinner home, you know? So um, those are all look good at steps. Look, look at Browner. Browner is, is he has that non poker face that he has where he squints his eyes and he's looking at the two of us. Like what's up with you two? What, come on, Brown. What's going on inside that brain? I just don't, I don't, I don't have any, quitting habits i don't know women that's it i ain't quitting that women. so <laughs> women that's it that down uh, i ain't gonna stop eating that so i don't women. i don't really know what to tell you <laughs> everything everything else is moderation I no dude you don't understand i i don't have moderation so so the, the other night saturday night or yeah, I do. Yeah, sunday night we went out for dinner rachel and i right we, we go out for dinner she decides hey why don't we order an appetizer and we'll, we'll decide what we want to eat thereafter so we ordered this appetizer and the appetizer came, she had like two bites and I ate the entire thing. So call mm -hmm. it 85% of it. Right. I ordered a dinner, which was very, um, it was not too bad. It was like this shrimp dish, but it, there was no carbs to it. It was beautiful, delicious, amazing. She ordered this pasta dish and it, I said, well, yeah, let me have a bite. I tasted it. She had like three bites. She's like, I'm full. So now I ate 85% of the appetizer. I ate the full meal that I ordered. And then I ate 95% of what she ordered. So now I'm sitting there, I'm stuffed, I'm sick. I'm like, oh God, I'm so sick. And she's like, I'm fine. I, I barely ate anything. I, I literally had two entrees and the appetizer by myself because she barely ate anything. See, the last time I, I ate like that, it was, and I realized what I had done to my body. I was in Vegas. This was probably 10 years ago, maybe. I was in Vegas and I had eaten probably I had, at a crab leg buffet because I love crab legs. It was all you could eat. And I challenged them and I ate all I can. <laughs> when I tell you, I was down in Vegas for about 14 hours because I'd eaten so much and I felt so gross. Like when you say, oh, I felt yeah, I felt so gross as a thin guy. I went, oh, I'm never doing this again. And after that, when I'm eating, and when I'm done eating, I'm done eating. I don't eat until I'm full. I don't care how much is left on the plate. I won't eat the last two bites. I won't eat the last bite. When I'm done eating, I, my, my body tells me when I'm done eating. The overeating, I, I, my mentally, I've blocked that out a long time ago. When okay. I, when here, I'm done, I'm done. Here, here's another example. Yesterday, okay, we land in San Diego, and we went to go meet uh, a friend and his wife. Um, she's pregnant. She's going back to North Carolina. This was like our only chance to see them. So we go to have like a late lunch with these guys, right? I decide I'm going to try and order something lighter. I'm going to order a salad. So I ordered a salad. It was delicious, right? I got, she, Rachel ordered um, like this ahi stack. She, 40% ah, of it. I got done with my salad and went, oh, well, I had a salad. And by the way, I mean, I cleaned this plate like I licked it off, man. The girl sitting across from me, she had half of her salad still there. My buddy over here, he ordered a burger. He had... 10 to 15% of the burger left, but he was stopping. He was done. Um, he had a stack of fries he didn't touch. I kept kind of grabbing one, grabbing one. I ate all of my salad. Then I ate all of what was remaining of her of her crab stack. I, I don't know that the meal is over until everything is gone. 
I, Jay, I have an overeating problem. I do. I really honestly do. You're like a goat. You, you could do, <laughs> they should just set you on like the uh, side of a, a, a like they just they eat scrub brush to keep the uh, brush fires away. You could just like send a you just clone Kaplan and just send them off to the side. Like I seen that in Hawaii everywhere. They're everywhere in Hawaii. The little goats on the side of the road. They're just eating a scrub brush so it doesn't start forest fires or brush fires. <laughs> I got a problem. Seriously, I have a major, major eating disorder. And I'm not even joking. Like I say it like as if it's a joke, but it's not a joke anymore. Seriously, I got to stop. I got to stop. I, 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 I need to lose 10 to 15 pounds to, to like feel better about myself. Do you drink coffee in the morning? I do. Do you drink uh, black coffee? No, I don't. Because of See, course, there there's, there's change, another thing. Change over to black coffee. If you can change over to black coffee because when you don't drink black coffee and you drink any types of creams especially if they're store-bought creams and dairy creams and, and sugars yes. what that does is uh, it gives you energy in the morning that you think you're getting but what it does is it then um it then it it does the exact opposite of suppressing your appetite it enhances your appetite as the day goes on and so you're adding these sugars and these preservatives into your coffee and then what it's doing is it's it's tricking you mentally into wanting to replace that throughout the day so black coffee maybe two cups in the morning get your energy going drink some water for energy black coffee that suppresses appetite you can skip a lunch or you can you can eat a very small lunch and get throughout the day and get to the dinner time without having to feel like when you had that lunch and you thought you conned yourself into getting a salad but you're eating fries off some dude's plate and half of a hamburger it's like you know it's like i don't know if you remember that old snl bit when phil hartman played uh bill clinton going in to visit people into the mcdonald's when he was campaigning and he's talking about the warlords and trying to give food aid over to africa but then a warlord he's just grabbing people's he's like but then a warlord comes in and he grabs see this quarter pounder we're gonna send this over to and then he's just, he's, just, he, he's showing the example of how like warlords intercept aid to foreign countries and he's just shoving his face with all these folks. hilarious. Um, but that's I've, what it sounds like. I've had um, I've, I've heard and read that black coffee is the better way to go. And obviously, I know that by adding sugary cream into my coffee, that's not a good thing to be doing. But I just love a cup of coffee in the morning sure. with cream and that sweetness. And then what I do is I get done with the coffee. Then I go right into an athletic greens. I literally go from a cup of coffee into a bottle of AG1 and I feel like, okay, well, that's my hydration and that's my vitamins and my minerals and nutrients and so on and so forth. And then I've got like all this energy and clarity. But then what happens to me is then I drive to LA, okay? And along the way, I haven't eaten yet. So now I'm going to stop someplace and I'm going to get something disgusting. You too. This has got to be, this has really got to be giving you more problems than you actually realize. It's your drive food. Because this food is probably the worst food you eat either all day or all week. The, the the food in between the drive from here to L.A. or from L.A. to here. That's when you need like a little snack bag. That's yeah. when you need some like little, little finger stuff as opposed to pulling over eating a burger. You know what I did? Eating the fast food. You know what I did today? I packed up for my trip to L.A. this week. I packed mm -hmm. up uh, a tub of protein powder and one of those like shaker bottles, you know, that has like uh, the little shaker ball in it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, look, I don't care if I get almond milk or if I have to use water, I'm going to replace meals with protein powder, you know, that's and right. that's got, that's got to be better for me. You know, and yeah. listen, I should know it's this stuff, man. Yet. I mean, I've done I've done so much training and dieting and weight loss and things along the way. I should easily be able to handle this. 
But for some reason, I have lost all discipline when it comes to, to how I control food. There you go. You got to do better. I know I do. You I do, better, do better. You do better, bro. I know. I got to do better. So, Jay, I saw a lot of your trip uh, down to Hawaii with you and your your gorgeous younger wife. Uh-huh. Uh, just looked like a great trip. And uh, I'm glad to have you back, man. Glad to have you on the show this uh, this Yeah, today. yeah. It's exciting to be on the show. And uh, uh, we had a great trip. We've been trying to do Hawaii at this time of year once a year if we can. We missed it last year. But um, it's kind of our go-to because the prices are so outrageously affordable at this time of year. And you won't even believe. So we... Well, I always I like to inquire because you, you have told us about doing like ext- extravagant vacations on a budget. Walk me through how you did this one. Well, you know, Southwest flies to Hawaii now from San Diego. I think Oakland, Las Vegas, and San Diego, they fly to Hawaii. So we already know that um, flights are the best prices to Hawaii in February. And so we looked a few months back on Southwest, and I'm telling you, we got round trip for $260 apiece. And I didn't even pay. I had points built up from traveling. I didn't even we. So it's her birthday is the day before yours. That's why I always know your birthday because hers is the 16th and it's a couple of days after Valentine's Day. So that's why we like this week. And it also is an affordable week. So paid for it all in points. Uh, She had recently opened a credit card for her business with uh, the Hilton Honors, which I already have a Hilton Honors credit card and a Hilton Honors, and I had been building points. So to tantalize her into this Hilton Honors for her business, because she has such great credit, is they basically said, open this credit card now, we will give you all these hundreds of thousands of points, which is a at least two nights stay at a, a Hilton anyway. So we did the research, why Kaloa Village in, uh, in uh, Kona. We hadn't been to the big island yet. We had been to most of them except Molokai and Kona. So we said, let's do it. We dumped all of those points that she got for opening the card. We got two free nights at a beautiful Waikoloa Village right there on the ocean. Um, and then we did a, a few more nights at an Airbnb that we found, cute little Airbnb. Uh, up on a hill in Captain Cook area of Kona, right in this beautiful coffee field, macadamia nut field. This house was incredible, view over the hill into the ocean. So, yeah, we flew basically for free on points. And even if we did pay, it was $130 apiece each way. And we uh, spent a couple of nights uh, money on a, on a, a very affordable Airbnb at this time of year. And we got ourselves a, a nice uh, affordable rental car. And we kicked around the island. We did a bunch of stuff, and it felt like we didn't even spend any money. What would you say? Total. Come on. Total. Total. I gave. I basically handed out four hundred before we spent a dime. That was basically for the Airbnb and the the rental car. And then I think you know I treated her to a nice dinner. We bought some stuff. We went to a little coffee field farm. I probably spent another. 300 on the island and change so would you say that between the southwest flights let's just say that would have been 550 and the hotel which you got on points and the airbnb and the rental car and spending money and so on and so forth you could have gotten this entire trip under two grand oh easy yeah no doubt 
I mean, yeah. now look, if we didn't get the free nights at the Waikoloa Village, we just would have stayed at an Airbnb longer and got the more affordable price. Those those rooms we got at Waikoloa Village, they had to be six hundred a night. What you got to do, dude? What you got to do? You know how you do your cooking videos mm -hmm. on Instagram? You got to do a travel series, how to travel like a baller on a budget. Yeah, dude, that would be a great series for people. And it's just discipline. Like, can you handle flying? you know economy to europe can you handle flying coach to 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 uh you know hawaii can you handle staying in a, a studio airbnb for a few yes. nights can you, can yes, you, yes, yes 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 and can you find little <laughs> angles can you find hey i built enough uh, honors points we're, we're going to be disciplined we're going to hang on to those until we yeah. dump them all on a nice room that would have costed 600 that we would have never we'd never spend 600 a night on a room um, I love it, man. I love it. Wait, hold on. Hold yeah, that thought. Yeah. Listen, guys, we're just getting going. We're just back. We're warming up. Coming up, though, I will actually transition us, believe it or not, into a little bit of sports coming up today. Uh -oh. It's rainy. It's cold. It's wet. Slow down. Hang with us. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios. Lawhead's in the house. Browner is here. This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man on a Tuesday. Hey, great friends. What's happening? It is Tuesday afternoon. This is Kaplan and crew. Got Grande and the Brown Man. And uh, whether you're listening on radio, watching on TV, you're listening on audio podcasts, you're watching on YouTube, you're catching up to clips on social media. Glad to have everybody here after we took a uh, about a, about a four-day little weekend. Took Friday off, took Monday off. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I got back to San Diego yesterday and I got into a car and I turned on the show and I was listening to the show, which was a replay um, or at least the best of, and part of it was from Valentine's Day. And honestly, I knew it was from Valentine's Day. But based on what we were talking about, I don't think anybody else would have known. So uh, we are in the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. Browner's here, Lawhead's here, and Alex has the week off. Hey, um, hey guys, so when we left off on Thursday, check me if, if you recall this or not, Browner, but on Thursday, we were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Parade. And at the time of recording the show, we were watching Travis Kelsey like hammer drunk, trying to sing like a Garth Brooks song that he had changed the lyrics to. Maybe Taylor mm. wrote the lyrics for all I know. It was um, I'm trying to remember if it was I Got Friends in Low Places or one yeah. of those, one of those Something songs. Something like that. Yeah. And he's holding up his phone. And dude, like Patrick Mahomes is is holding up Travis Kelsey. He's Travis Kelsey holding his phone. Patrick Mahomes is holding up Travis Kelsey. Right. And he's wasted, right? He is just wow. absolutely wasted. Now, Jay, we're recording the show earlier in the day, right? We get done with the broadcast slash podcast slash recording. And dude, I'm telling you, not long after we were on the air, this is Thursday of last week, we're playing this Travis Kelsey audio. We're off. We're wrapped. We're done. I'm, I, my mind is I'm gone. I'm on vacay. Dude, that's when that Kansas City shooting happened at the parade. Like, literally, we we played the Kelsey soundbite, mm -hmm. and then we got done with the broadcast, and not long thereafter, the celebration, um, if, if you're a Chiefs fan and you were there, and people come from all over the Midwest because the Chiefs are not just like a local Kansas City thing. There's, it's a very Midwestern thing. People were in that, that area from all over the country when all this, this nonsense went down. And the sadly, the sad story, of course, is that not only were 20 plus people injured, 
But the one person who died, I don't know if you guys read about her or not. She was a radio host in Kansas City. Yep. I don't know if I don't know if you guys know this or not. Yep. Um, it, so I just to pick up where we left off on Thursday of last week, Kelsey's wasted drunk. He's on stage, and then we sign off, and then the shooting happens thereafter. And by the way, Taylor Swift. For everybody that knocks, oh, too much Taylor Swift on TV. Too much Taylor Swift is part of the story. She donated like a hundred thousand dollars to the 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 victims. Um, and you may think to yourself, she's a billionaire. A hundred thousand dollars isn't a lot of money. Come on, stop. It was a very nice gesture. Number one and number two. Um, how about the the fact that Patrick Mahomes, instead of like getting done, Super Bowl, Disneyland, all this kind of stuff, Patrick Mahomes and his wife are in the hospitals visiting these people who were injured during this whole time. So I'm just, I'm, I'm picking up where we left off. I, can I just say one thing? Like we have become so desensitized to these shootings, these mass shootings. Um, it's gotten so ridiculous. Like who, who brings a gun to a, to a parade like that? Like, why do you feel like you need a gun? This wasn't like some mass shooting, like the guy in Vegas at that country music festival or like a school shooting. This is a guy who, who happens to be packing apparently gets into some sort of beef with somebody. And before you know it, he's spraying the place. What in the hell are we doing with guns in this country? So I don't know. I'm just, I, that that was very frustrating for me as we pick up where we left off. We were having so much fun with that Chiefs parade. And then this nonsense happened, you know? I think yeah. that, mm-hmm. I, I talked ahead. about this last week and I'll, I'm going to be short because people know how I feel about this. I'll give Jason a chance to, express uh how he feels but that this is america this is the america we've chosen this is the america we live in and until we're all ready as a 50 state solution to stop guns be prepared for this again scott this wasn't some shooter like you said like in vegas this wasn't some angry person mad at the right or the left or muslims or jews or you name it this was just some jerk who was a punk who got into it with some people and couldn't control his own emotions and started spraying a crowd of people who had nothing to do with the situation that he was in. So I, I, this is the America that we've chose. Look at the gun laws in Missouri. This is the country that we have chose. And so until we're ready as an, as an entire, as an entirety, as all of us from the East coast to the West coast, from the north to the south, until we're all ready to fix this, be prepared to continue to do stories of this level of unforced error, as we say in sports. Yeah, it's just the whole thing really upset me. Like, we'd gotten off the air Sad. on Thursday. I know, we'd gotten off the air, and we were having so much fun laughing at, you know, Mahomes saying, hey, we're going for the three-peat, and, and Kelsey just and being so wife, hammered. You know, like, tell him, that, tell, him, tell him that you heard with this. Tell him what you heard. Yeah, what was what was it that uh somebody had oh oh it was it was the 49ers regular. defensive yeah. backs saying man he just regular he ain't special he just regular we're gonna keep making him look regular he just regular and and Mahomes' wife like she's the only wife on stage right she comes busting through the crowd you tell him Patrick you tell him that I said that you got to tell him about regular and then I mean again it was so fun to kind of watch that. And him talking about three peats and Kelsey being held up because he's wasted. And then it turns into the shooting. So, look, I don't mean to bring a damper down uh, on a wet, wet, rainy, cold day, but I'm just picking up where we left off, which was last Thursday. 
And that was a big bummer. And I know it's kind of the news cycle flushes these sorts of things. It's over now. Somebody died. A bunch of people got hurt. Patrick Mahomes is an angel. He went and visited people in a hospital. Travis Kelsey got criticized because apparently he had been seen out at like a, a dinner that night. You know, uh, what, what was he supposed to do? I mean, I'm not really sure. Like, what, what was he? He was wasted. He woke up. He was like, wait, what happened? I'm not yeah. going to defend him. I'm just saying. But I know. Crazy, man. Crazy. What do you think, Jay? I mean, I, I just stopped having an opinion, really, on this uh, disease we live in. It's just at this point, you know, it doesn't surprise me and it never will anymore. I used to have some type of reaction, but what's it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. Like, it's never going to change. It's only going to get worse. And like Browner said, this is what we've chosen. And we have, uh, you know that's just we've you know we've let a lobby uh that is you know at the end of the day it isn't about it isn't about you know protecting yourself and having the government's gonna come i'm gonna keep them off my front porch give me a break it's about consumption and consumer and it's about sales that's all it is it's this is the society we've created we've created a, addicted to buying everything and that's that's what america is it's consumer um it's consumer addiction and that's what you know uh that's what this is all about it's about selling guns selling ammunition selling more guns selling more guns selling more guns and just like it's like selling cars and selling uh, sex and selling your body looking better and facelifts and selling you know football and so it's just all it is i know listen i don't mean it's just another engine right i don't mean to get everybody down like listen you want to you want to have a gun like i grew up my house my dad had guns you know my dad had guns in the house because he felt like he needed to protect his family should somebody break did you guys did you guys take christmas card pictures with him did he sleep with them no he wasn't no no, and and, and it wasn't like and it wasn't like he was like hey we're going out on a family road trip let me pack my heat you know it wasn't like that it all, wasn't but, like but, somebody but, drove by the house. Let me cock the gun and, and stick it through the blinds. You know, yeah, yeah of course. Right. <laughs> but so I, I get if you want to own a gun, you should be able to own a gun. Sure. I get it. But but I can't believe that some like you said, Brown, or some young punk is is walking around at a parade. And by the way, you can't police that stuff. They don't have metal no. detectors for the parades. No. You know, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There were more police there. OK, than any. Like this was like some Macy's Day parade type New Year's Eve ball drop in New York level of security. There are thousands of police there, thousands uh, over thousands of armed, trained, licensed professionals to deal with a mass shooter, and it still occurred. Okay, so the the idea of this good guy with all these slogans that people use, bro, just understand. Until we're ready to deal with the issue, because now there's no there's no thing that they can say, well, this will stop it or that will stop it. In this country, we've had more mass shootings than we've had days. So therefore, and by the way, a mass shooting is when four or more people have been injured in a gun violence situation. We've had more of those than days in this country. So therefore, we have every example to explain to people there's nothing that you can say that defend the weapon. Nothing. Nothing. No, no, it's just it's just a it's just a big bummer that yeah. listen, I'm not a, I'm not a Chiefs fan, okay? But I sat here watching the parade that day because I'm I am a Mahomes fan. 
You know, I'm not a Mahomes hater. I'm a Kelsey fan. I like these guys. I think they're likable guys. I guess when you become as successful as they are, people start to hate on you because it's like people hated Tom Brady. People hated the Patriots because they just kept winning and winning and winning. So you wanted to see other people win. And these guys have been so good for so long and they're still so young. And to watch this parade and all the fun that they're all having, you know, and these all these young kids uh, on the team shirtless, jumping up and down the streets, you know, having the best time of their lives. And then all of a sudden this nonsense happens. So again, just kind of catching up where we left off on Thursday of last week before we got back on the air here on Tuesday of this week. Let me let me switch topics though, because as we pick up other stories, guys, um, we're into spring training now. I uh, I know that last week we were all having a group chat um, about the Xander Bogarts news. I cannot believe that, and I, I shouldn't say it like that. It's just unbelievable. Well, I shouldn't say it like that either, should I? It is hard to imagine that the Padres went out and spent $28 million a year and gave a guy a 10-year contract to be their shortstop. And a year into his contract, they switch him to second base because they've decided they got a guy making one-tenth of what this guy's making. And guess what? He's the better shortstop. I mean, just think about if a year ago, Think about if A.J. Preller had not signed Xander Bogarts. Just think about if they would have said, no, you know what? We're going we're gonna to put Kim at short. We're going to keep Tatis in right. We'll, we'll keep Cronenworth at second, and we'll figure out first base. And we're going to take that $28 million, and we're going to deploy it somewhere else. Can we all agree, you guys tell me, Xander Bogarts officially right now, we don't know what's going to happen this year, but right now, that $28 million, massive waste of money. No, listen, come on, man. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we switched this subject to this. Yeah, me this too. It's about as painful, though. Look, man, is he going to play? Yes. Is he going to be productive? Yes. I don't care where he plays. Last year, that was the production that you signed up for. That's what he did everywhere else. He came here and he did that because that's what you paid him to do. He didn't have some super crazy home run RBI average year. He gave you what he was giving other people that you gave him money to to come do that for you, period. Now, that they've had a re- not a regime change, but they've had a coaching change, and now this coach believes that he's better suited at second base. We'll see because he wants to play shortstop. There's another guy in right field who became a, you know, a ultra megastar playing shortstop. And then you put the person with the least amount of voice at shortstop. And I, when I tell y'all, this is a bad sign of things to come. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. Again, all this could work out. It could be great, in my opinion, because y'all know I will share my opinion. Hassan came at shortstop. Maybe the right move from a defensive standpoint, from a clubhouse standpoint, it's probably the worst thing they could have done. Because Tatis feels he's better at shortstop. And by the way, he has way more range. He feels he's better at shortstop. And now you have a guy at second base who feels he's better at shortstop. And a guy you have at shortstop doesn't care if he's at shortstop. He just wants to play. So what are you doing? What are you doing, new guy? New guy, what are you doing? I don't understand. I'm lost. I'm lost. If you paid this guy all this money and you paid this other guy right for all this money, 
Let what it in play the premium position. Why would you give it to the guy who's looking for a new contract? So now he's gonna outprice you. Now you're gonna be able to afford him because now he's playing shortstop, which is the premium position. It doesn't make any sense. Make it make sense. I like the dramatic pause. I like the dramatic pause. I do. I like it a lot. Jay, I want to hear what you think about this. Before I do, I just want to say this. Today's Taco Tuesday. Um, And when I say Taco Tuesday, I mean it's Taco Tuesday on prize picks. So what you should do is this. Jay, are you playing prize picks yet at all, or have you not played this yet? I don't think I've played it yet because I'm not good at any of it, and I don't trust anything. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Me and Browner and Alex have all gotten deeply, deeply into prize picks. And you are good at it. Well, right. I mean, well, right. here's here's the thing. Oh, I listen um, to the show, guys, when I'm not on it. I, I, I can hear all <laughs> I hear all your losses. Yeah. I here's what I can tell you. Last week, um, they had this promotion. They had a guy who Alex told us about who's a dart player. Okay, this guy's a dart thrower, 17 years old. I I put a prize pick on him for more, however many bullseyes or whatever. He got it. League of Legends video game guy, they gave me his his number. I went more, got it, nailed it. But for everybody else, Chet Holmgren, less than. Um, I played two Detroit Pistons players against the Lakers on the second night of a back-to-back. They both failed me. I think it's when you when you think you know stuff is when you got to go in the opposite direction. So today, I don't know who Nico Schlotterbeck plays for, but they're giving you a 14% discount. He plays defender for Dortmund, and they're playing PSV. Is that soccer? Is that soccer? I don't... I- uh, I know Dortmund is a city in Germany. Okay, well, his they're giving you a prize pick, 14% discount from 60.5 passes attempted to 51.5. So I'm going to play more just for the heck of it. And then, Browner, I'm going over to the combos. I'm looking at combos of soccer and soccer. So, <laughs> I, man, now that now that football's over, bro, I mean, I am just... Yeah, I am just junkie mode. Yeah, I am just lost, man. I am, But I'm going to go back to League of Legends. I'm going back to League of Legends, and I'm going to play. And I don't know who anybody is, but I'd rather just play League of Legends than I would NBA because NBA is just just not working for me, man. It's tough. It's tough, bro. It's tough. It, it is tough. Well, it nobody is. plays defense. I mean, how, how do you how do you trust these leagues? I, I don't even know how people bet the NFL anymore. With let's by the way, let's talk I, about in the next segment because we are. I, I need I need yeah. more time. I got to talk NBA about the All Star Game. Yeah, has a massive problem I on, mo- on multiple game. levels. Yeah, the only- the only defense that was – I said the only defense that was played all weekend was the guy that uh, Max McClung jumped over during the dunk contest. <laughs> and I, I didn't even know – that, that, that was the only guy that was in position. Well, um, anyway, listen. Let me, let, me get, let me just say this about, about prize picks. Download the prize picks app, okay? Make sure you download the prize picks app. Use our code GREATFRIENDS. They'll give you the 100% match up to $100. So if you put in $100, they will put in $100. You're playing with $200. And then you can play League of Legends. And you could play uh, you could play Dart Guy. And you could play Soccer Guy. And, and you could play Basketball Guy, too. Prize picks. Use the app. And use our code, Great Friends. And by the way, you can make deposits with Apple Pay. It's super easy. Go to the Prize Picks app and get involved in the game. Just like 7 million of us are all playing, get involved in the game. All right. So let me get back to you, Jay. Yeah. What do you what do you think about the Xander Bogarts move from short to second? Well, I got I think if you you have to, you know, trust the manager in the sense that look, uh who who when you evaluate your roster, who is the more prepared 
baseball player at the position, who comes more prepared to play the position, and who gives your pitching staff the best chance up the middle to mitigate runs, base runners, uh, you know, whatever it is. So, um, you know, Browner did mention that Tatis has more range. He might cover more ground, but how many great plays does he make in in attempting to cover that ground? How many times does he throw the ball when he maybe should have swallowed it and held just the base runner at second, not turning third? And and if it's just mitigating it to an infield hit, if if anything, or or making the right decision on you know cutting down the lead runner, or you know getting the guaranteed out, whatever. All of those things are now uh, you know typed into a spreadsheet. So Schilt is probably looking at the idea that, you know, who comes more prepared, who comes more prepared to play the position and who can we trust behind our pitching staff because our pitching staff isn't as good as it was. So we have to in, in, in make it better. And, um, you know, uh, look, this guy is here. He knows he's here to be here as long as it's good. And if it ain't, he's going to get fired and he's going to be gone before Bogarts and he's going to be gone before Tatis and he's going to be gone before anybody on these long contracts. So let's try to throw a little magic in the brew and maybe it works out. And if Bogarts hits, nobody will care if Bogarts hits 320 at the second base position um, and uh, Hassan Kim has a you know a top fielding percentage, everybody's going to love it. And and that's what he's that's what he's banking on. Well, let's uh, let's let's finish this off. I want to talk about this and a little bit more Padre spring training related stuff coming up. And Browner mentioned it, the NBA All Star Game. Um, I will tell you guys in advance. I'm going to tell you in advance. Not one second. I saw a lot of the slam dunk stuff on on social media. I saw some of the three point competition stuff on social media. I saw the really cool basketball court and the LED court that was there. I saw a lot of that stuff. Not one second did I watch of that NBA All-Star game. And it's not for any other reason than I don't watch any of these All-Star games. You yeah. know, the only one I really watch is baseball. But like football, Pro Bowl, nothing. So we'll we'll get to it coming up. And I do want to talk a little bit more about some Padre stuff. Stick around. We're in the 7 Mile Casino studio, 7milecasino.com. Brown's in the house. Jay Law's in today for Grande Alejandro. And we got plenty more to get to. Slow down if you're on the roads. This is everybody calling a little halftime timeout here. Uh, A couple of quick mentions for you. Number one, um, I said it earlier and I'm going to say it again. We have a very big announcement, but I'm going to wait till next week to make it. When when Alex is back, when me, Alex and Brown are all back together, I'm going to wait for the announcement next week. We have done a deal with a local brand that has international reach and you're going to know them from the very, very beginning. And I'm going to announce that next week. I'm super psyched to be working with these guys. I mean, I'm I'm almost I'm missing a week, frankly, of 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 selling what they sell simply because I'm waiting for the whole team to get back together. Uh, but let me have a minute here to talk about my guy Gary Cooper, Mountain Trust Realty Services. 858-376-1299. Here you go. Here's a QR code. 858-376-1299. Look, it's a, it's a rough time in the real estate market because if somebody bought a house five years ago and they've got a three or a four percent interest rate, they're not selling that house now to go pay six or seven or 8%. They're just not doing it. So there's very little inventory on the market, which means the prices are going up. So if you would like to get into home ownership and do it, by the way, in advance of interest rates, which are predicted to come down, now's the time to talk to Gary Cooper. 858-376-1299. Talk to a pro. Let them walk you through it. Let them talk you through it. And let's see if now is the right time for you to either be buying 
or positioning yourself to buy, or maybe even as we, we got emails last week about refinancing. Um, and Gary kind of suggests you don't do that, but he finds other alternatives. Okay. Talk to Gary Cooper, 858-376-1299. Hey, um, one more time. I want to thank our friends from prize picks. Use that app prize picks and use our code. Great friends to get the 100% match on your first deposit. If you've already made that first deposit, you get it. If you haven't made the first deposit, now's the time to do it. Today's Taco Tuesday. So you find discounts on all kinds of stuff around Prize Picks. Prize Picks, the app, use it. Make sure you use our code, great friends. You get the 100% match up to $100, and you're going to have a great time like me and Browner and Alex and the other 7 million people worldwide that are playing on Prize Picks. And one last thing, one quick last mention our website, kaplanandcrew.com. I know everybody talks to me about the hoodies. I get people who see pictures on social media and they're like, how do I get one of those hoodies? Pretty damn simple. Go to kaplanandcrew.com, click on our merch shop, and they are there for you, man. And they're comfy, they're cozy, they're warm, they're fun. And I'm re-establishing with Captain Troy when we're going to do our boat trip. And I want to see everybody on that trip wearing a Kaplan and Crew piece of merch. So we appreciate you being out there being brand ambassadors. All right, let's do it. Let's get back to the second half of the show. Here we go. All right, great friends. Hey, let's do it, man. Let's get right back to it. Grande and the Brown Man are in the house. Well, sort of. Jason Lawhead's in for Grande. This is Kaplan and Crew. So if you're listening on radio, if you're watching on TV, if you are catching up on uh, any of the audio podcast platforms, if you're with us on YouTube, glad everybody's here on a uh, wet, cold, gray, rainy day. By the way, I got friends that, that, that send me messages from all over the country. Go, it's still raining out there? Yeah, dude. It's still raining. Still. It's incredible. Like what's going on? I mean, it's just it never. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I didn't move here for this. Right? What is it? I moved to freaking Seattle or Portland. Right? Don't need this, man. Can't live like this, you know. So uh, Jay Law is in the house. Hey, so we were we were having this conversation about Xander Bogarts because we were kind of picking up where we left off. We were on the air on Thursday. We had off Friday and Monday. And we're back on today. So the the story of Xander Bogarts being moved from shortstop to second base. All I'm saying is this. You, you made a good point, Jay, that if he hits 320 and and Hassan Kim plays great defense, everybody's going to be real happy. Right. But Browner made, I thought, another good point, which was you paid this guy that kind of money to play shortstop. You brought him here did to you? play shortstop. Or did you? Yeah. Yeah. Or did you pay did you pay him that money to hit 320 and 50 doubles more no, than you, you played him to pay him to play shortstop though? I, I think you paid him to play shortstop for this reason. Because when he first got here, so many of the questions were, what position will you play? Because as Browner had pointed right. out many times, Tatis wanted to play shortstop. So right. when they when they signed him, he's like, Yeah, I'm playing shortstop. That's the position I play. I'm a shortstop. So, so I don't know how they convinced him to very quietly and professionally go over to second base. I don't know how you convince a guy that you paid that kind of money to that's already got a you know a couple of championships to his name. I don't know how you convinced him so easily to move. Maybe it's, hey, look, we're paying you $28 million. Does it really matter where you play? But I'll do you one better. Okay. I'll do you one better. How about this? How about it? we look at it from this perspective? Would you have paid a second baseman that much money? Because, I mean, let's... Let's really look at the value of a is a second baseman in modern day baseball worth that much money? Again, if he has five silver why, slugger awards and no gold gloves, then you're paying him that because that's what Xander Bogarts has. He has five silver slugger awards and he doesn't have a gold glove at that position. So, so 
the point is, is Jason, Jason Lawhead, Padres general manager, you got all this cash. You finna throw all that cash at that position to make him the highest paid second baseman in the history of baseball. That's what I'm asking you. Well, I, I will tell you this. You threw all that cash at him before before this move. Okay, I want Jason. I'm, not, I'm asking you what as I'm a, asking. As a second what baseman, I'm, Jason. But but look, you moved Fernando Tatis to right field. That was your shortstop before that. So you that have a history. In, that was because of injuries. Fernando Tatis Jr. It in their defense had a history of injuries growing at the second at, at shortstop. So therefore, physically. There's a question of if his body can hold up at shortstop because of the way that he plays the game. Now, they brought in Xander Bogarts, put him at shortstop because they felt like he was, uh, allegedly, that he was more physically secure and defensively could handle the position. I'm asking okay. general manager Jason Lawhead, at second base, would you have made Xander Bogarts the highest paid second baseman in the history of baseball? Well, he's not actually. That's not he's not actually the highest paid second oh, baseman yeah. in the history of baseball. Well, you know, I just looked it up. So here's here's what it looks like. Because I'm with you, Brian. I think spending that kind of money uh On a 20, second baseman. $25.5 million is stupid. That makes Xander Bogarts the fourth highest paid second baseman in baseball. Here's how it ranks. Jose Altuve, $31.5 million. Okay. Worth for it. Houston. For Houston. Mookie Betts is now considered a second baseman, not no, a right fielder. I, I won't accept that one because he plays right field. He played short. He plays everywhere. No, no, but but yeah. you do realize that the Dodgers have said that they plan on playing him at second this year. That's he's moving to they, second full paid, time. I yes, okay, that's saying. fair. That's fair. They when they paid him, they paid him to play right. Okay, Correct. but still, here's the rankings. Jose Altuve is number is the highest paid second baseman at thirty one and a half million. Mookie Betts is second highest at thirty million. I get your point. Um, Marcus Simeon, um, uh, with the Rangers, 26 million Bogarts is fourth at 25.5. So that, that's how it Mookie, kind of plays out. Mookie Betts has two, three, four, five, six, six. Mookie Betts has six gold gloves at the position they moved him from to second base. Xander, but my point is Xander Bogarts, you didn't, you didn't give Xander Bogarts $28 million to come win gold gloves at shortstop. You paid him $28 million to win silver sluggers at whatever position he's at. That That's what you paid him for. So if Hassan Kim is the better defensive shortstop, the more prepared defensive shortstop, the, 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 the player that you feel like is going to shore up the middle of your infield better at that position than at second base waiting on Bogarts to be, you know, I'm just saying, yes, I would I have given – Bogart's 28 million uh to be my second baseman. No, but I think the point is the bigger point is is that the Padres went out and gave Bogart's 28 million to win silver slugger awards at whatever position. Whether he would have been it, well, okay, let's just play this devil's advocate. What if uh in the first year he he does something physically to himself where the the front office has to say, "Look, uh, playing shortstop is not gonna benefit us in the long run of this contract we're gonna have to move him to right field like we did to Fertano Tatis and moves Tatis back to short so you still bought him to win silver slugger awards not to win gold gloves because had you done that he would have already won gold gloves in Boston which he has never sniffed he hasn't sniffed a gold glove whereas Mookie Betts has won uh six at a position they're moving him from so they're giving Mookie Betts all this money to be 
a, just a great ball player and to be Mookie Betts and to be at the top of the lineup. And if we have to move him from a place where he won a bunch of gold gloves to another position, we feel like he can adapt to that position because we're there for his 400 play plus on base percentage, his 300 plus batting average, his 100 plus runs scored, his great defensive glove, his every day in the lineup. Uh, you know, that's, and I think at the end of the day, Schilt has, like I said earlier, he took this job knowing that at one day he won't be here longer than Bogarts, or at least on that contract or, or Tatis. Um, but he's going to get the most out of the time he's got, and he's not going to go down losing because a guy has an ego and they, they paid me $28 million to play shortstop. No, they paid you $28 million to hit three thirty and 50 doubles is what they paid you for. I think, listen, you make a compelling case. You, you make, all I'm saying is, is what Browner said about Mookie Betts. When, when the Dodgers signed Mookie Betts, they paid him to play right field. Correct. They've decided to now move him to second base, which, by the way, was his kind of natural right. position coming up before he got moved to the outfield. I don't know. I'll you, have to look into it. Did, was Bogarts considered a second baseman before he was considered a shortstop? I'm I, I aware of that. Well, what, I'm, I'm just, I, I hear what you're saying, Jay. Your point is a good point. Like, they, they paid him to hit and play wherever he has to play. Right. I guess what I'm getting at is this, is that if we went back to the beginning – they signed Bogarts when they had Tatis who could have played short, and I got it. They moved mm-hmm. him because of injury. Or they had Kim who could have played short and eventually would, would go on to play short. Correct. They didn't need to spend $28 million on Bogarts Correct. because, honestly, what they could have done was they could have had Kim at short. They could have had uh, Cronenworth at, at second where Cronenworth right. was better, and they could have found a, a, a cheaper version of a first baseman, and they could have either kept Juan Soto or they could have put money into pitching. All I'm saying is, is that ultimately Xander Bogarts today, the way it looks to me today, is that was a big that was a big mistake. And I'm arguing from the standpoint of I, for the sake of the argument, I'm saying Scott is correct. I don't think the signing was a mistake, but for the sake of the argument, I agree with Scott. If he's doing, if he's playing second base, under the premise in which you signed him, again, shortstop is a premium position. And he's supposed to be one of the best at it. And now you're te- now if I'm him, I'll play wherever because my check gonna clear. It's cool. I ain't got that much of an ego. I'll play wherever y'all need me to play because my my money is good. I just want to hit anyway. More to Jason's point. But the issue is, at second base, the con- at the contract wouldn't have been as steep. Mookie Betts at second base, the market would have started in a different range financially so in right field you're worth more at second base you're worth well probably not Mookie Betts because he's so good but at Xander Bogarts you're worth less at second base so you but at the end of the day do different things hold on Jets. what I'm, I'm saying you would have had more money to do different things to Scott's point you would have had more money to move around and you may not be in this financial situation that you're in right now strapped for cash and had to let Juan Soto go who the Yankees say they, they know this is a wrong year rental too. So I don't know what that guy's going to cost. So maybe not him, but you would have had ways to fill out the outfield. We wouldn't be like, well, who's playing in the outfield? You guys want to hear this real quick? I'm, I'm looking at a website. This is called Sport Track. I'm sure people know this website. Um, here's the rankings of uh, of shortstops who are being paid in, in Major League Baseball. Corey Seager is the top paid shortstop, $35.5 million. Francisco Lindor is the second highest paid, $34 million. Um, it, Carlos Correa, 33 million, Trey Turner, 27 million at number six, 
Xander Bogarts. Uh, wait, but wait, listen, it, it's actually funnier. At number nine, they've got listed Manny Machado. <laughs> Even though Manny's not really a shortstop, uh, hasn't right. been with the Padres. At number um, 13, they've got Fernando Tatis. So, so you've got Bogarts, Manny, and Tatis all listed as shortstops by Sport Track. All none of them more, playing it. All higher paid than Kim, whose listed salary is at seven million. Mm. Right at the end of the day, though, with the Dodgers, okay, paid Mookie Betts a five-tool contract. Whether he was going to play right field, stay there. He, where he won gold gloves, center field, where he won gold gloves, where he's going to stay there, or they're going to move him to second base back where he was. And, and if he won gold gloves or not, he they paid him to be a top of the order base runner in, in great fielder, a uh, great arm, a, a guy that can hit for power when he needs to uh, get on base. So the at the end of the day, the, the Padres spent $28 million on a one – tool guy they knew that they were giving that money to a guy that they were crossing their fingers would hit 330 and 50 doubles every year not win gold gloves not resurrect a defense not be a guy that was gonna change the game on the base pass or or throw guys out uh, from the outfield they didn't they didn't pay him for that so whether they move him from short to second they paid him for one reason and one reason only. Whether it was a good decision or not, I mean, that's that's still going to be up in the air. I mean, 11 years, I think, right? They gave him 11 years or was it 10? I think he's 11 years. He's got 10 yeah, I think years you're right. on his contract. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So, uh, um, so they paid him a long contract to be a guy that probably in their, in their eyes when they looked at it all said, we will get as many years as we can out of shortstop or if we have to move him to second or even move him to first one day when he gets older or even DH at the end of his contract. We got to hope that this guy wins five silver sluggers in 10 years like he did in Boston. And, and until he starts doing that, then he's not going to pay on his return. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm just my, my only point is this, is that you're paying Xander Bogarts $25 million this year, and you don't have Juan Soto because you couldn't afford him. You don't have Blake Snell because you couldn't afford him. Um, and Nobody can afford him. No, I got it. And, and, but, but what it really just comes down to is, is that you had a very, very good shortstop and a second baseman and Jake Cronenworth and Jake Cronenworth belongs at second and, and Hassan Kim can play short or Tatis could have played short. You could have found, you could have spent more money in right field. You could have spent more, a little bit of money on first base. You could have spent more money in pitching. Now, look, this is all a theoretical conversation because we're only in the spring training, but it's just shocking that a year later, you would say, hey, this guy who only makes $7 million is now our shortstop, and the guy who's got the 14-year the contract is now in right field, and the guy who's got the 11-year contract had to move over to second base. It just, it's just odd. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So, all right, well. Um, Where did Snell go again? I, I can't remember. Snell hasn't gone anywhere yet. Nowhere. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still out there. He hasn't signed. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't signed yet. Yeah. I mean, think about huh. that. That's crazy. It's 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 going to pitchers and catchers report, and he hasn't signed yet. Yeah, and and he expects to get some sort of mega deal because that's what he saw when he was with the Padres. Is Manny Machado? They tore up his right. They tore up his contract and they gave him ten more years. They got Bogarts. They gave him 10, 11 years. They gave Tatis fourteen years. They gave you Darvish, who's older, all you know, five years. They gave 
uh, Musgrove Cronenworth. five years. They gave Cronenworth a long, uh, you know, $100 million mm -hmm. contract, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, and so Snell's like, I don't get it. Cy Young hasn't oh. signed with anybody. That's incredible. Yeah. A two-time, a two-time healthy. Yeah, but Cy I mean, Young but defending, defending Cy Young, you know, right off of the Cy Young season free agency. And this he's, is he's still unsigned the week that everybody's reporting to, to spring training. Scott Boris has four clients that are not signed that are looking for a ton of money. At some point, the the faucet gets turned off. I don't know. This is also why baseball needs a free agency period. Like, imagine if, you know, LeBron James, not, not LeBron James, probably not a good example of this. Let's say if, you know, uh, Clay Thompson had got to this point and had no deal. And you're like, what's the, what's up with Clay? We're in training camp now. Are he, is he going to get signed? And there are four other guys out there with the same, you know, baggage to them. I don't, I'm sure Scott Boris knows what he's doing because he's been doing this for a very long time. But sometimes your reputation and your arrogance can get in the way of your clients. And he, you, they work for you, my man, Blake Snell. They work for you. If it hurts you to not be in a camp right now because you're waiting for, I don't know, the Yankees to give you another $3 million a year, bro, you in trouble. You in agree. trouble. I agree with you. I, I think if you're, if you're Blake Snell, using him as an example, I mean, I know Cody Bellinger is a name that we brought up last Dang. week. Because, you know, he's a guy who had a really good year last year with the Cubs and has an MVP when he was with the Dodgers. But if you're if you're those guys and you're sitting at home right now and you're in your batting cages or you're you're, you're working out with your pitching coach and you're like, I, I don't get it. I, I just want right. to sign young last year and nobody wants to sign me. And, you know, your agent is telling, don't worry, man, relax. The, the, it's less wear and tear on you if you're not in spring training right now. Just relax. Everything's going to work out. But who's going to go sign? Blake Snell to a five-year, $150 million contract. Mm. There's only 31. They say it's more. They're saying, they're saying the deal is more. And they said the Yankees offered him something around what you're saying. And he said he's looking for more than that. Oh, man, I would never, I would never give a, a, a pitcher a long-term deal. I mean, two, three years, maybe. I'd and give him four right now. I'd offer him four because he's 31. Coming off a Cy Young season on a team that was, you know, a rickety old car driving all year. <laughs> and uh, really, at the end of the day, I mean, you win a Cy Young award on a team like that. That's impressive. Uh, he was he held his own all season long, led the league in ERA. And, you know, four years. And what's the market at for the Cy Young? I, I mean, I would offer it to him right now if I'm a if I'm a contender. Obviously, if I'm somebody that uh, you know he's not a big name splash that's going to bring up uh, you know rise up some smaller market team that's going to you know that's maybe a waste of money. But if I'm a contender, if I'm somebody that's you know feels like they're a player or two, especially a starting pitcher or two away from you know competing and getting into a division title or, or mixing it up in a wild card in a tough division i'm going to get them for four years i listen if i were the dodgers i'm using them as an example they're going to have otani this year the hitter they're not right. going to have otani the pitcher and then next year the likelihood of the dodgers having clayton kershaw come back because you know kershaw is not even going to pitch the first half of the year because right. of the surgery that he had if i were the dodgers i'd be thinking to myself look Let's play the long game here a little bit. We're not going to have Otani this year. We're not going to have Kershaw the first half of the year this year. We're not going to have Kershaw in all likelihood next year. 
We don't know what Walker Bueller is going to be when he comes back from another surgery. Uh, and granted, the Dodgers went out and made moves and they they added pitching. But if I were the Dodgers, you see, this is the whole point about the Xander Bogarts conversation, Jay. The Padres can't really afford to make a $25 million 11-year mistake. The Dodgers can. Yes. See, that's and that's all I'm saying is that just back to Bogarts for a second. The mistake right. is, is that they don't, they can't afford that kind of a mistake. Whereas right. if the Dodgers make a mistake and they, and they blow 28 million or they blow a hundred million, like they did, you know, the Trevor Bauer situation, they can mm. absorb that. They can, they can move on without. Right. But if, yeah. even if Bogart stays at shortstop and doesn't hit, they've made the mistake. Of course. That's absolutely <laughs> so, fair. So, you know, right. That's why my whole point is they should never have signed him in the first place. Right. That's, but I'm saying they're here now. Eat. So right. moving him to second is no big deal if he goes out and wins silver slugger awards. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you, if I were the Dodgers and I'm thinking about the next three, four years, and I know Otani's going to come back, not this year, but next year as a pitcher, um, I would go get Blake Snell right now. And, and again, if Blake tells if Blake Snell takes, takes a fat one year deal, that's going to I'm firing Scott Boris. If I if I have to do that as Blake Snell coming off a Cy Young award, I'm firing him. Now, go get my money. Don't get me wrong. Go give me this fat one year deal. Yeah. And then you're relieved of your duty, sir, because this <laughs> is not what you told me. You told me I was going to get a long term deal that was going to put me high up in what a two time active style younger winners should be getting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i'm sitting at home hanging out with my wife what's happening yeah yeah stay tuned yeah, no, everybody. That's, that's possible we got a lot more to get to um including coming up i know you two guys are basketball first guys i want to hear what you guys think about the all-star debate that's happening all around sports media the nba it's, in general yeah it's everybody is talking about the the all-star game and i'm actually i actually have a somewhat I think different perspective on the whole thing. So we'll get to it coming up. We're in the seven mile casino studio, seven mile casino.com. It's cold. It's rainy. It's gray. It's windy. If you're looking for someplace warm with great food where you can sit around playing poker and blackjack. And by the way, the parking is so close. You won't even get wet going inside at seven mile casino, only seven minutes South of downtown San Diego. Stick around. Let's jump into this NBA all-star controversy next on Kaplan and crew. Hey, great friends. What's going on? It is Tuesday afternoon. It's Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown man. Grande's got the week off. He's in spring training with the Padres and uh, Jason Lawhead sitting in today for Grande. So, hey, guys, um, we've been talking a lot today about Xander Bogarts moving from short to second and the impact it has on the Padres and, you know, just sort of getting ready for the, the baseball season. As you know, Super Bowl ended, football season's over. Here comes spring training, and you know, lots of conversation around the Padres. One thing I did see, and I, I actually have never seen this before, and I only read about it earlier today, was the Padres were having a celebrity softball game. I actually don't know if it happened or if it's on the verge of happening because I, I read about it today in the Union Tribune, and uh, that is such a good idea. I, I don't know when that is exactly or if that's already happened. You'll have to excuse me for not, but I saw the list of people who were playing from like. Chris Olave, who's the you know the uh, New Orleans Saints wide receiver, to Drew Brees, to Rob Machado, to um, uh, I don't other like musicians and other athletes. It that is a great idea. I don't know who came up with it. I don't know when it is. Oh wait a second, here it is. Browner's got it. Okay, what what is this? Does anybody did I miss this? I feel so stupid for not knowing. Well, the date's not even on the flyer. No, it's not. Uh, not that I can see. Ray Mysterio is involved. Um, I'm just looking at some of the other names here 
that, you know, I would know. Um, oh, Kelsey Plum, the basketball player, Alex Morgan, the soccer player, Andre Reed, who is a San Diego resident, the Hall of Fame. Kyle Mooney, he's a, a former SNL cast member. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, um, I don't know if you saw any of this, Jason. Did you happen to catch um, when we were during Super Bowl week? Did you happen to see uh, Brett Kreischer? Is it Brett Kreischer? I, I saw the clip of them swigging some uh, swigging some, uh, some vodka. Some vodka, yeah. That was I. I did text Alex and say, "Great grab." I mean, I was I watched the Bobby Flay segment. I'm a I'm a fan Bobby Flay. You know, I'm a big cook cook guy. I like Bobby Flay. I thought that was really cool that you had Bobby Flay on the show. And yeah, Bert sitting in that was really cool. What other big guests did you nab? That, that was that, that. That was, was pretty a, much the big. The, was, yeah, Trisher was the big one. Like my son right. lost his mind. My son thought that was like the biggest thing going. Uh, my daughters all lost their mind over Bobby Flay and all of our San Diego sports fans lost their minds over the first interview that was done with Antonio Gates. Gates, as to right. Why he did not miss, yeah. you know, why he didn't get into the Hall of Fame. But um, anyway, the game uh, is part of FanFest, by the way. OK, so, so when, I don't think I, it has it. I don't think it's happened yet. OK, so it hasn't happened yet. So I, I didn't think it had. But that's a really, really cool idea. If you put that that list back up, up on the screen, I mean, Mooney, the comedian, former SNL March guy. 24th. Mar March Perfect. 24th. Perfect. Thank you. At 330. Drew Brees, Andre Reed, Chris Olave. Um, uh, Where are you at? The game's at Petco. The game's at Petco, obviously. I would think so. Rob Machado, yeah. Ray Mysterio. Where am I at, Browner? Is that what you asked? Yeah, where are you at, big fella? Well, you know where I'm at. You know the, the Padres are still mad at me oh. over over the whole oh. thing that happened with you know Coach Quintero and everything. You know, and then why? They, what they, happened? What did you do with Coach Quintero? Oh, no, we're well, not well, going back into that. We're not doing yeah. that again. We're not doing that yeah. again. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> No. I mean, I just know that he got canned from the other station, but what what did you um, do about it? What all right, I'll make it brief. I'll make it brief. Yeah, I, I want to know because I must well, have missed I, that episode. I don't it, listen to every it was, episode. It was at the end of last year, and when he, when Quintero got fired, I came on the show, and I gave my opinion as to what happened. And one of my opinions was that now that Peter Seidler is no longer with us, sadly, um, Coach Quintero, who is very critical of the Padres, uh, probably had somebody inside the Padres saying to their radio partner, hey, he's too critical. We need more cheerleading and and get rid of him. And hmm. and so that was just an opinion. I actually even said, I said, I have no inside information. I don't know anybody at that radio station. It's just an opinion. And the New York Post picked it up. Really? The New York Post picked up this story of like, you know, radio talk show host in San Diego says that the Padres had the guy fired from the other station, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And because the Post picked it up and then Awful Announcing picked it up or vice versa, however it worked, um, then the Padres wound up having to release a statement. You know, a statement from the San Diego Padres. What Scott Kaplan said is a bunch of BS. He doesn't know what he's talking really? about. He's a moron, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know. I, you know, I, and I, I had no idea. I literally had no idea what was going on, but my phone was buzzing. Like, I can't believe all this publicity you're getting. I'm like, what did I, publicity for what? What did I do? I didn't have anything to do with it, you know? That was around the holidays, right? They fired him yeah. right before Christmas or something? Yeah, right, yeah. And by yeah, the way... I was kind of off the radar there a little yeah, bit, so my, I didn't catch that. My phone buzzes now daily with people going, they fired Kintera for this mess? And I was like, I knew it was going to be like that. I mean, at least for the first six months to a year, you know, you're you're building a new show. And, you know, listen, yeah, I love... I, Craig Elston, I'm good with Craig. I have no issue with Craig. Uh, Annie, I, I have no issue with, but I did not look at that and go, wow, put those two together. You got a, you got a home run. Did not think that at all. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know Craig got the job. I don't know. The other person, uh, is I, I was happy for Craig. I like Craig, but I haven't listened to the show, but yeah. Uh, 
Well, I would give it a little time before you do. Let that let it marinate. <laughs> let it marinate a little bit. You know what I'm saying? All right, yeah, let me do this. Wait let, for let, another New York Post article to come. Yeah, right. Okay. Hey, th this segment of Kaplan and Crew being brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. Download that Prize Picks app and use our code Great Friends to get a 100% match up to $100 with your first deposit. And now today, Taco Tuesday, they got all kinds of specials and discounts and ways to uh, get in there and have fun and take the way you watch sports and elevate it to a new level. Now, I will tell you this. I was out all weekend. When I say I took a break, man, I took a break. My phone, yeah, it was on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you know, um, but I was not paying attention to sports the way I normally would. The All-Star Game, the NBA All-Star Game, you guys are basketball guys first. I'm, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this because here's the thing. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. And, and now that the Pro Bowl, like like when, when the Super Bowl would happen and then they'd play the Pro Bowl in Hawaii, I might take a little bit of a look back then because I'm like going, okay, I'm about to go through football withdrawals and this is the only football I've got. But once they change the Pro Bowl from Hawaii to in between the AFC and NFC Championship weekend to the Super Bowl, and then they changed it from a game to a skills competition, I can tell you right now, I did not watch one solitary second of the NFL's Pro Bowl festivities. In fact, the only thing I even knew from the Pro Bowl was when Chris Russo told Dan, what's the kid's name, Dan Orlovsky, that he was a scrub in the NFL, and just because he would have won this passing competition in street clothes, that, that doesn't change the fact that he was a scrub in the NFL. That was the yeah. only thing I even knew about from the Pro Bowl this year. I didn't watch one second of the Pro Bowl. I'll tell you something else. I watched about 35 seconds of the NHL All-Star Weekend with, with just some of their skill competition. 35 seconds. So I don't really understand why there is so much anger out there in national sports media about the All-Star Game, the, the basketball All-Star Game. Three-point contest, skills, blah, blah, blah. But why the game itself? Why does it conjure so much anger when it's not anything other than an exhibition? And nobody wants to play defense, and nobody wants to get hurt, and nobody's competing for any prize of any kind. So, yeah, there, one team scores 200 points, and the other team scores 180. And, yeah, it, it doesn't look representative of what basketball looks like. But my question to you guys is, why is there so much anger about the NBA All-Star Game being a high-scoring offensive exhibition? What do you say, Brown? Tell me. Educate me. It's very simple for a person like me who I grew up playing basketball all my life and one day wish that I would participate in an All-Star Game. When I was watching the NBA, and I don't want an old man this thing, but there's a level, there's a sense of pride that should take place and it's the best against the best on the court. And I don't know when it changed, but it has changed. And we need to get rid of it. I Again, I am the most basketball-y person. <laughs> I think Jason is right there with me. That we go into the weeds of this, okay? I'm in the weeds. I believe Jason is in the weeds, but I'll let him speak for himself. This is probably the worst product of the NBA I've seen in my entire viewing adult life. Because at some point, the game has another side to it. It's called defense. This is what makes basketball a very rare sport because you can have the best player on the court on offense and defense, and you can have a massive impact on the game. The idea that people are so upset about the All-Star game is because the All-Star game 
out of all the sports. It's the least taxing on your body, and it allows these guys to compete as a show for the fans, as a mid-season award for the people who have watched and for the guys who have participated. It is a badge of honor. And to watch this last game in particular be such an absolute unwatchable joke, it needs to end. Okay, so because I didn't watch it, can I, I just want to ask, what was unwatchable about it? Because, again, I'm, t- I'm admitting I did not watch one second of it because I don't care about it. No different than I don't care about the NFL's Pro Bowl. No different than I don't care about the NHL All-Star Game. And why I still watch the Home Run Derby, I'm not really sure. And I only watch a little tiny bit, maybe the first two innings of a Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I have, as a sports fan, and as somebody who does this, I have no interest in this stuff. Why is it so? Why was it so bad? Why does Stephen A. Smith go on TV yesterday and say anybody who was on the floor should be ashamed of themselves? Why? What was, why? What? What was it? The pace of the game, the lack of defense, the lack of attention to detail. It was basically guys shooting threes. There was half court shots. And in the game, traditionally, there is some defense. And then in the fourth quarter, everybody says, all right, wink, wink, not, not. Let's play real and let's take this thing down to the end. Let's give the fans a show. That wink, wink, not, not never showed up. There were guys shooting the ball from half court. Not making it, shooting the ball from half court. It was disgusting. As a again, as a basketball lifer, I like basketball far more than I like any other sport. It was unwatchable, unwatchable. So hmm. get rid of hmm. it. Get okay. rid of it. All of it. What do you say, Jay? Are you uh, are you on this national media bandwagon of bashing the All Star Game because? It's just all offense, no defense, and nobody cares. There's no competition. There's no incentive to win. And where, where do you come out on this? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I side with Browner to the fact that, like, if this is what it's gotten to, then why continue, right? Um, it's kind of like the NFL Pro Bowl in a way where if it's gotten to this, why continue? And they were smart enough to do at least, you know, do a skills competition. The thing about the NFL is that they at least have – kind of a reason to still have a weekend because they have that traditional break between the NFC AFC title games and then the Super Bowl. So they can kind of, you know, they got the media, they got the whole thing. They got that Friday, Saturday, Sunday before that, that, that breaks the, the two weeks apart. You can kind of throw some stuff together, whether it's cheesy or it's not, or it's skills competition. This uh, NBA all-star game really just kind of, torpedoes a nice little momentum into the season it takes a very 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 long unnecessary break um and it kind of just creates this kind of just drag almost and then if you're not going to provide uh something for the 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 the, the basketball fan the viewer the entertainment seeker to see during it you know the major league baseball all-star game is still kind of cool in the sense that the pitcher and the batter that's one-on-one man So there is, you know, there is a guy that pitcher does not want to look bad and that batter does not want to look bad. And so even when it's the the starting pitcher who's the ace and deserves that, he might only get two innings or an inning or two innings, you know, and then the next guy is a starter, a top line starter. Next guy's a top line starter before they go into bullpen guys like you're getting at least mono mono one on one. I'm better than you. Let's prove it here in in this matchup. You at least get a tradition of the game, something that you can 
familiarize yourself with. And there's still the old National League and American League against each other, even though there is, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, the uh, interleague play now. But, you know, the, this isn't even West versus East anymore. They call it that. But it's like you can be on an Eastern Conference team and just go play for this other captain or right. You can be on a Western. It doesn't matter. There's, there's no mesh. There's no rhyme or reason and like like, this particular format was just simply east and west old school oh was it okay i i kind of have lost attention once once they went to that captain format i didn't even know they went back to the east and west i i didn't i watched Mm -hmm. some clips and then i was just like is this really what they're doing uh yeah i I would never watch the nba yeah i didn't watch the nba also i watched golf that day i watched hideki matsui uh here's the thing here's the thing i as a person complaining about something i try to bring a solution to the table I don't know if they'll adopt this, but what they should do is just really put pride on the line and have these guys play one-on-one. And the winner of the 24 guys, you do a 24-man tournament, one-on-one, and the winner of the one-on-one tournament is the All-Star Game MVP. Because unless you have these guys out here one-on-one trying to embarrass each other, it's not going to work. Well, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. The in-season tournament, they had each guy on the Lakers or whoever was going to win, but in this case, the Lakers won. Each guy made 500 grand. So, Stop so it with the money. Well, I'm just, money. All I'm asking is this: didn't didn't the money incentivize them no. to play harder? No. no, the Lakers wanted to win it. The Lakers wanted to win it, and so they're the team that won it. LeBron decided that I need to put this as a feather in my cap. The Los so Angeles you don't think, Lakers. You don't think the money the had any organization? Incentive. No, the the Los Angeles Lakers as the premier flagship franchise in the NBA. And LeBron James, as the face of the league, decided we want to win this. And they did. Because I can tell you right now, if Denver wanted to win it, they would have. Yeah. There are other if, if other teams wanted to win it, yep. they would have. The Lakers cared the most. And so the Lakers won it. Look at the Lakers this year. Oh no, They're I agree awful. with you. I, I agree that the that LeBron wanted to win because he wanted his yes. name on the first one ever. I agree with that. Yes. But I look at other teams like Indiana, for example, who who played really hard and other teams who played hard. And I would just think that as a player, it's like, hey, look, they're going to force us to play these games to make an extra half million dollars. I'll do that. I'll, I'll work hard. LeBron Indi- may not care about the money and Anthony Davis may not care about the money, but other guys might have cared about the money. And that's why the Indiana Pacers were there as their opponent, because you will have some young teams who that mean starting a culture of winning has to begin somewhere. And the Indiana Pacers, to that effect, took that as, hey, listen, we young and we want to win. So let's try to get this thing. And both of those teams that you're talking about had something to prove to the public in the sense that they're two different two different things they had to prove. The Pacers Correct. had to prove, hey, we're young, we're hungry, we belong. And the Lakers had to mm-hmm. prove, hey, we're not we're not a sham. We we can do this with this roster. We have LeBron, we have AD, we got swept last year. But but look, we have to prove that we can be a team that can be looked at down the road as a contender for the Nuggets or a contender for the Suns if they're going to be the team that, that gets it together, which, which whatever. But like, so they had to prove that we we we're not a fraud, and the Pacers had to prove that we're somebody. So watch out. And so I think that's why those two teams did take it that seriously towards the end. I don't think money, you know, maybe a little bit, but I don't think money. Uh, that check for that one kind of little thing had a whole lot of bearing on it because like you said, you know, if the nuggets wanted to win that thing and put it together, you know, I think the, 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 the league office promoted this thing as, as, as it being kind of the first one, the big one, and they got some teams on board 
and the Lakers were that kind of flagship team that really mm -hmm. had a lot to prove as much mm -hmm. as a young team like Indiana so, did too. So you don't think that if, if the NBA said, look, the winners of the all-star game, each player gets half a million dollars and the, <laughs> let me just wait, but, and the losing team and the losing team gets $50,000 just for their appearance. You don't think that that difference of money would make okay. guys compete? You think Damian Lillard cares about the other guy that doesn't make Damian Lillard money Listen, dude, in real life? Deal. Like, do you think Damian Lillard <laughs> cares about the guy that needs the 500 more than he could care less if he got no, 50 but, or but, 500? Uh, but I'm, what I'm getting at is, is, that, is that the, 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 comp the complaint is, is that there was no competition. Is that not the complaint? That's the complaint. Right, but, okay, so what I'm asking okay. you is, is, is there a way to create competition? That's what I'm asking. Okay, yeah. So the, yeah. So the, so the hold, handful hold, hold, of hold, guys hold, that hold. need the 500 more than the other guys might play a little harder. The, the Alexanders quick. or somebody. But the Damian Lillards, the Giannis's, these guys that have these contracts, these historic contracts, they don't care about that check. Scott, here's the issue. The This is why I think the one-on-one -on -one aspect probably fits this better than anything. The all the point of these guys being all stars. These are guys on max contracts. Five hundred grand is the flight it costs for them to get their family to and fro for All Star Week and then to the vacation and from the vacation back to the the way. If you really want to fix it, the losing team, every man on the losing team, including the coaches, you owe us fifty grand. <laughs> if if you okay, if, yeah, if out you of your own pocket, this, right? Right. <laughs> if you lose this game. You owe us, you owe the NBA 50 grand. We're not going to ask you for it. We're going to take it out your check. That goes for every coach on the staff. That goes for every player on the losing team. I guarantee you, they may not, 500 grand may not mean nothing in your pocket, but 50 grand out of your pocket, or you see them dog fights on the court come from well, quarter. I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is that when I look at like in, in the old school Pro Bowl days of the NFL, you know, the winning team, let's say, would get $50,000 per guy, and the losing team would, let's say, get $25,000 per guy. And guys actually wanted to win because they wanted the more money because they wanted to bring their families to Hawaii and they wanted to pay for it. Right. Like and they, their they, contracts stink compared to the and, NFL and they right. compared to the NBA. Yeah, they cared. Yeah. Well, well I, the, I, the I NBA contract it. doesn't. It, the NBA contract already. Average, like I said, five hundred grand. They get gifts from their shoe deal. Nike sends them a five hundred thousand dollars. Thanks for being Nike again this year. The All max right, NBA chance, contract is a. The max NBA contract now is a quarter billion dollars. A quarter billion. And it's not like a baseball deal where it's like 50 years. This is like a five-year deal. Quarter billion dollars. I'm sorry. 500 grand, 50 grand, ain't going to cut it for the Not these guys, no. I got you. No. All right. Well, listen, uh, everybody stick around because if you are listening on radio, we got a lot more to get to, okay? Um, plenty more to get to, as a matter of fact. Um, but if you are with us on podcast, Hang out with us because we're going to go get uncensored. I'll tell you this. I just last thought from my perspective is that if I'm the NBA, the one thing I take away is there's a lot of negativity out there about the all-star game. But the positive thing is there's so much anger. It tells me people actually do care because to me, I don't care. I actually think it's just an exhibition and it's the only reason there's an all-star weekend is to bring sponsors together and TV partners together and put all the stars on the court at the same time. The competition doesn't really matter to me as a viewer, which by the way, I wasn't. So everybody stick around. We're going to go get uncensored from a podcast standpoint and radio listeners stick around. This is Kaplan and crew. Go. 
<laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, hey, we're into the uncensored portion of today's podcast. Glad everybody's here. Hey, one quick thing we never got to during the regular show. I just want to make a quick little point about this is our friends at Tory Holistics and California Holistics. You know, you can always save that 20% by using our promo code BETTERBUD. And so I just want to give uh, Tory Holistics a shout out because I got a message from uh, Charlie yesterday. Browner, he was asking us for our shirt sizes because, uh -oh. um, well, because he's got a he's got a brand that he wants to hype in the next appearance that he comes on the show. And so, okay. um, so he wanted to get all of our shirt sizes, which was cool. So uh, anyway, listen, um, Tori Holistics, California Holistics, use that code better, bud. You can either use it for home delivery on a day like today, let them deliver it. Uh, if you want to go into the store, you've got, you've got better, bud. okay. Um, Browner, your idea about the all-star game mm -hmm. is, is interesting. Is that an original Browner idea? Is it something that other people have discussed? I'm the one about the one-on-one -on -one competition. So I've, I've never heard of this. The only thing I can tell you, the reason why I came up with it was the only time that I was never going to let somebody embarrass me in practice right. is when we had one-on-one -on -one drills, period. When you when Great that point. ball got rolled out and it was me against somebody else on the wing, offensive against defense, not me, not today, brother. Uh-uh, you can score on the next guy. You ain't going to score on me because you had to sprint if you got scored on. And so this was these are some of the things that are, they just go to the true nature of competition in basketball and to and and we were talking about for a second to to get rid of the hype you only get so many threes you only get so many twos you only get so many mid-range jump shots we ain't going to 24 we're going to 11 we're gonna mm -hmm. start going by seven we're going to seven we're going by ones big so that's what bigs can't just back guys down like Jokic just can't back dame lillard down you get two layups you get two mid-range jump shots and you get two threes so you got to score in each way for the score to count. That way it's just not a size difference or a speed difference. You got to figure out how to play the game like you had to do at the essence of the game. Because to, to just say, hey, fellas, go play. That's not working no more. That ain't working yeah. no more, man. I like the idea. Now, I can, almost even like can, the you idea. Can give the winner, you can give the winner a million dollars. Now that's more incentive. Nobody else gets paid but the winner. We All take guys off. are good. And I almost like the idea of like making that whole Sunday a, an extravaganza where it's like, you know, uh, you know, do it position by position. Like, hey, one's point guards against point guards and 16 best point guards, put them in a bracket, seat them. 16 best two guards, put them in a bracket, seat them. That way, you know, you're watching competitions on each side of the court, right? You could be like, hey, we got the ones round one over here on this side of the court. You got the, the twos playing, then the threes against the fours or threes against threes, fours and fours, and then the centers against each other. You could, you could, you could, you could get more people participating. You could get more interest. And I think you're right you because Ron against KD. Well, wait a second. Oh, okay. Yes, but hold on, yes, but hold on. Exactly. Let me, but let me ask you guys a question. Force them to do it. Okay, well, I was going to ask you. So here's the question. If you're LeBron, as an example, right, would you ever be willing to do this because don't you have more to lose? In other words, when LeBron refused to ever be in the slam dunk competition, why was that? Because, because back then, look, the slam dunk guys, nobody knows their names. Sorry. Sorry, nobody knows your names. But, but if LeBron were in the slam dunk competition and he doesn't win, he has more to lose than he does to gain. So if LeBron was playing in a one-on-one -on -one competition – and he got knocked out, even if it was against Kevin Durant, he would still, it, it kind of doesn't look good for him. But if you, you're, you're right. I'm not, you are correct. <sighs> but imagine what that would do for television. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure. If you what think, you 
they, they should adopt the idea simply because look what Ionesco and Steph Curry did. People couldn't wait for that. So imagine if the for the All-Star Game MVP, 7 p.m., it's Kevin Durant versus LeBron James, first to 11. Man, listen. It'd be amazing. Look, Steph versus that, Dame Lillard in the in the point guard competition. Jokic that, versus Giannis or, or Embiid in the big man competition. I mean, that would be that's incredible. The, that's yeah. the essence of why they play. Mm-hmm. Who's better? You the old school guys would have did that too. They would have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jordan. Jordan would have been like, I'll do that because there's nobody who could beat me. Right. The old, exactly. And Bird would have did the same thing. And Jabbar in the center and the big guy. They, they all would have did it. They all would have said, give me the best against in my let's in go. my let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. Really good idea. All right, listen, Jay, thank you for yeah, being here today. Awesome. I know you, uh, you're you not going to be with us the rest of the week. I, 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 you know, I wish I could. I got to catch a plane tomorrow. I got a big show in uh, back east. And, uh, I, you know, Thursday I'm tied up. I got a dentist appointment in Ohio Friday. <laughs> okay. So with the time change and everything, I'm on a plane tomorrow. I got a dentist appointment. The guy I went to school with is going to go look at my teeth in Ohio for a cheaper price than I can get out here. And uh, yeah, I got a show in Youngstown. I'll be in oh, Youngstown at Youngstown. Uh, for, for, uh, yeah, 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 gonna be a Youngstown. So if anybody, anybody's that's still listening from our old Cleveland days, BB, because Cap's a big, uh, well, was a big Browns fan. Um, I'll be at the <laughs> yeah, Penguin City, Penguin City Brew Company on Saturday, the twenty fourth, uh, seven o'clock show. Headline in that, and it's a big fun. It's a public, but it's a big fundraiser for a, a local Carrick. Network and uh, so we're raising money. We're gonna have fun. It's gonna be there's already 200 plus tickets sold. So we're, you know if you can, if you can make it, come on out. Nice, I love it. All right, listen, we gotta go because I gotta schlep to LA right now in this schlep. rain. We're back tomorrow. Jay, have a great week. Yeah, Brown, man. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, to all of the great friends, to all of the chatlins, we love you guys. We're back tomorrow. Peace out, everybody. Boom. <laughs>